0: Supersonic.
1: Super Sonic. Supersonic. Supersonic. Supersonic.
0: Super Sonic. Supersonic. Super Sonic. Supersonic.
1: Welcome to Supersonic Hospitality Marketing with me, Mark McSee, where we meet the most interesting people in hospitality, marketing, business, and beyond to hear tips, tricks. And Tails to help your brand boom. This podcast is sponsored by Vita Mojo, the all in one restaurant management platform helping operators grow ATV, reduce tech complexity, and serve guests better. And now, here's a quick word from our sponsors Vita Mojo is proud to be the headline sponsor of the Supersonic Marketing Podcast. Vita Mojo transforms chaos into confidence for hospitality operators worldwide, empowering brands to streamline order management and take control of their business. With its flexible end-to-end order management system, Vita Mojo gives you one central place to manage your menu across every channel, brand and location. But Vita Mojo is much more than an out-of-the-box software solution. The VitaMojo team are with you every step of the way, providing the partnership you need, the technology you want, and the experience your guests deserve, all in one place. VitaMojo will help you adapt to whatever the world throws at your hospitality business. For more information, visit VitaMojo.com Supersonic. So today is industry legend klaxon time and I have the real pleasure of presenting to you an hour and a bit chat with Ian Edward who is an industry mentor, legend and investor all over the greatest brands that have ever been in hospitality. Ian is just so fun, selfless, knowledgeable and just a brilliant, person that I say in the episode really holds the industry together because without people like Ian who are willing to share their knowledge selflessly and help entrepreneurs at whatever stage they're at, help big businesses and also be a great thought leader and commentator in the industry, then it would be a far worse place. Thanks to Ian for being on the episode it was just such a laugh and we actually continued longer and I'm really glad that I edited this because there was maybe some chat that isn't for broadcast about hospitality and then also big question from Ian in the episode is and I'm going to ask you the same what is your favorite Beatles track I'm really speechless but I was then okay enjoy the episode and I'll see you on the other side So it gives me the most nicest guy in hospitality pleasure ever to introduce <laughs> my next guest, who is Ian Edward and Deep Breath. He is industry mentor, legend and investor, co-founder of Pippo and non-exec director and founder, investor of Pizza Pilgrims and serial offender and investor in Incipio, Double Dutch, Fagabond, Thunderbird Fried Chicken and more, probably. Is that right? Probably.
2: Yeah, that's great. I can't <laughs> argue with any of that. I can't argue with that. Guilty as charged,
1: right? Nice. Well, it's so good to see you. I think we've caught each other at a couple of awardee things and lately. Yeah. And and then we had a fabulous lunch. Uh where was it now? It was the um what was that place that was the Alan Yao thing in, in the it was in Chinatown, wasn't it? Like just next to the W. What was that great?
2: Oh, yes. Uh uh Yao Acha.
1: Yeah, no, actually, it was, it, no. was one of, it was sort of like a newer, funkier concept. Oh God, I can't remember, but we had a great lunch, and and I think I was just uh, seeking some help and advice and moral support, really. And and you gave that in spades, you know, during the, oh, that's very the lunch, so thank that. you. Oh, that's
2: very sweet you said it. Well, look, you know, always I'm always here to help because you know this is a, this is a great sector. It's given me a lot, so um, it, it's nice to you know if I can help anybody else, love it.
1: Yeah, no, Definitely it's great up for that, and I think. Let's almost start at the, I don't mean the end, but starting now, which oh, is... Oh, I thought um, we were going to start
2: at the very beginning, a very good
1: place to start. <laughs> so fair, so fair. Um, so, but, well, the I, Julie I, Andrews approach. <laughs> that was one of my favourite movies. That oh, not that great? We, that, we could talk about that for about three hours <laughs> instead. Oh, I remember I went on a school trip and uh, we got to go to a ski jump and the ski jump overlooked like... Where it was all filmed and um, Salzburg, yeah, yeah, Salzburg. That was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic, fantastic. What a great woman, great woman. Yeah. Well, and uh, so I think I had that on one cassette, uh, VHS, maybe Betamax back at the time. And then also I was really into Calamity Jane. Absolutely loved Calamity Jane. Uh, Doris Day
2: yeah oh no 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 don't think i've seen i might have to watch that
1: oh fantastic yeah yeah absolutely Mm. brilliant um so there we go so i'm in the right place in brighton anyway i love a musical um (laughs) so um i was just thinking about now because I, i think it's really important and it's really needed which is the mentoring side of things right so i just hit you up really because i saw your post on linkedin saying look if anyone needs some help or a chat or some mentoring i'm starting this new thing um, and obviously people will know you for all these other things and, you know, definitely about being an investor and all the rest of it, but almost like the extremely good looking person at a bar, they might not have the courage <laughs> to come up to you and say, hey, can I have a chat? Can I buy you a drink? So I think you doing this means that, yeah, you, you, you're you sort of, uh, yeah, you're, you're you're opening yourself up to many more dates and opportunities, right?
2: Mark, well, you're being very kind, but I was the original Jonah Louis, always in the kitchen at parties. <laughs> you remember that song? Yes, I mean, that's I do. A long time back. I, I do. don't think many of the that today have ever heard it. But yeah. yeah, well,
1: I don't know. It was it was in an IKEA ad lately, so a little resurgence. Some? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Great. great. We are yeah. getting diverted quickly. I love that's that. That's
1: okay. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, look, I mean, I, I as I said, I've, I've I've sat on a lot of boards, and I suppose one of the reasons for doing the the mentoring thing um, is that is that a lot of the time on the board, you have things you have to do. Compliance, governance, audit committees, REM comms, all this sort of stuff. And it takes a lot of time. Whereas what I'm trying to do now is literally just help people make their business even better. Yeah. So I'm focusing really on things that I think are you know, value creating from strategy, property, people, funding, finance, and exit. And that's really it. It's sort of six main areas and on top of that being a sounding board um being a chief executive of business a lonely place there's no question and um you know i think if i look at the pilgrims uh, one of the great things is that there's two of them they have very different skills they can talk to each other at all times they obviously get on terribly well together and all that's great but a lot of people who run these businesses are pretty much on their own Mm -hmm. and if they're surrounded by private equity or they're surrounded by investors and boards and all this sort of stuff it's I think very helpful them be able to talk to someone where they can say anything they want in any way they want, and it's not going to go back and it's not going to hurt them later. And that's really the theory of it. And and to be honest, it's a lot of fun because every Mm. challenge is different, and I can do a lot more of this than I could do, say, sitting on a lot of boards. Yeah, and also Um, the
1: the problem with, you know, not that I'm knocking it because I'm kind of starting to get my grey hairs and get into that world a little bit, but. You know, a lot of the time with these board meetings, like nothing really gets done.
2: Well, I mean, the, the great example of that. And I, I, I hope that's not true. I'm, I'm trying to run. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to run board meetings slightly differently so that mm. we get to the the key issues earlier, rather than say at the end you suddenly start talking about something that is so important, and you think, mm. well, why didn't we do that at the start rather than worrying yeah. about last times minutes and all this sort of rubbish? Anyway, but um, you know, it, it just it. It's just very focused. It's very focused. And you can spend time with the the CEO founder and actually help them get to a better place much more quickly and and help them with really big decisions in the business. I I mean, one great example of how boards are, 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 are kind of not the most perfectly functioning bodies is when it comes to strategy. Oh, we better have a separate strategy day. Hang on. You're a board, what are you supposed to be doing? Isn't that the most important thing you're supposed to be doing? Where are you going to take this company? How are you going to get it from A to B? And how are you going to help that management team be the best they can be and deliver what the plan is? And I, I so I, I think a lot of what I'm doing is really talking to people about where do they see their business going in five years? Mm-hmm. How do they get their head above the, the, you know, the day-to-day to actually try and work out where they want to go, what they need to get there in terms of money, people, etc, etc, etc. And that's a lot of fun. That's a lot of fun. It's really interesting. It's a lot of Mm. fun. Everyone is different. Every personality is different. Every business challenge is different. So that's, that's really how how I suppose, having been around the game for a long time, how I wanted to sort of do something slightly different Mm. for myself, really.
1: And it, um, it keeps the interest up, right? Because it's so varied and so rewarding as well, right? Yeah,
2: I mean that's that's that stupid thing I stuck out on LinkedIn. I did because I basically spent two months in the summer on holiday, and <laughs> and although I love being on holiday, it's not really me. i mean, I I I, I love this game, and I, I really mm. enjoy it in every way. And I've I've spoken to over twenty different CEOs and founders. I'm not for one moment saying that uh, I'll end up in a long term. Business relationship with them, but it, it's mm. been really interesting. And some people, there are people who've got amazing businesses I'd never even heard of, and mm. um, in parts of the country where I was surprised that, that 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 sort of business being so successful. So that's been mm. really good, really interesting. And 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 from my point of view, I'm learning as well, which is always mm. good.
1: What's what is if there's themes? Is there is there similar challenges from the people that you're talking to?
2: Yeah, I I, I think in our sector. If you think about what the big the biggest challenge in our sector is is really around people. And mm-hmm. once you've got a good a good idea, a good product, or whatever it may be, it's how do you get the right people in the right place to execute it. And one thing I suppose I look for very much when I'm investing is there's certain things you take for granted that 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 founders will have, leadership skills, determination, creativity flexibility etc etc but self-awareness for me is a massive thing yeah how much do people realize um where their limitations are what they're good at what they're not so good at and how do they get the right people and empower those people to really take ownership of a part of the business that maybe they're not so good at and i think i think you know, going back to the pilgrims i think you know tom and james have been brilliant at this they've they've worked out um the areas that they need um, support on. And, and as a great example is is bringing Gavin in. I mean, I think hmm. we brought Gavin in at almost exactly the right time. He's grown massively with the business, enhanced the culture of what was already a phenomenal culture in the business. And it's really been an incredibly smooth transition that's been, I think, enormously positive for the business and enormously positive for all the people involved. Mm. And ultimately with businesses, there are limitations on how much money you can raise, obviously, but Mm. but money isn't generally not the biggest problem. If you've got a good opportunity, it's the people. Can you get the right people in the right place to do the right thing? Mm. And I think in our sector, if one's being blunt, there's been some really great products that have failed because the people at the top, if I'm honest, were very arrogant, didn't listen and made a right old mess of it. And I think mm. that's a great shame because the, some of those businesses could have been, you know, industry leaders, but have gone the way of all flesh.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's, I've just done a podcast there with, with Philip from uh, Chestnut Group. And, mm. you know, and he was talking, I mean, it was just an absolute Pleasure. He's he's I said to him, I goes, You're almost effervescing when you speak. You know, <laughs> he's just like so uh, energetic about everything he's doing. And he did say that, you know, mediocrity will will be be the end of your business. And I think so many of those, you know, P backed, fast rollout, you know, um sort of I guess sort of systemizing it um as well um, as if it was like more of a product, um, you know, definitely hurt uh the, the the thing of the business and that's why I think you know businesses like Pizza Pilgrims, De Shum, Hawksmoor, et cetera, et cetera, those are the ones that trip off the tongue so easily because they did everything we love, they did everything we care. Um and it wasn't this, you know, we've got to have four hundred and fifty sites, you know?
2: Yeah, I mean I look I th- that's absolutely right. I mean if you take pilgrims I mean now twenty four, twenty-five sites, mm. um the quality of the pizza, I genuinely think, is even better than it was at the start. And actually, the variety. I mean, so, for instance, on Friday, I will be going to to Victoria and having the... There's a beetroot um, one. The, the beetroot. Andrea. The Andrea. Oh, uh, uh, red, this red is cabbage. the one that won the, the, the yeah. go-down. Now, look, all I know is that if all of them have been sitting in a room tasting pizza and they decided this is the best, it's going to be fantastic. So I'm, mm. I'm, I'm all in. I'm all in because yeah, also... Yeah. I have to deal with my double pepperoni addiction, which is a problem.
1: It's a real because I problem. have to
2: I have to stop always ordering the double pepperoni. So with, know, with is, the spicy
1: a, with the spicy honey?
2: The spicy honey. The spicy honey. <laughs> what could beat the spicy honey? So yeah, so this is this is a, a seminal moment for me on Friday. Uh,
1: oh, that'll be yeah. amazing. I was with Tom. Yeah, and, be fun. I was with Tom on Thursday night, actually. So um we were at the Deshume opening. Um, oh, wh- at our, that the one? party, uh, Brighton. So they've, they've, oh, got a lovely. new, concept. Oh,
2: brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, so brilliant, it's, yeah, it's I Heard cold. about
1: that? It's uh the permit room. So it's kind of that's why right. That's co- Sort yeah. of cocktail forward, I suppose, but you know, still obviously great food. Um. Excellent. So it's a nice, a nice little spot. So no, I'm, I'm, I'm really hopeful that will, that will do well. You know? Oh, brilliant!
2: Well, you've got yeah. everything in Brighton. I mean, you've got, you've got an amazing variety, and and Hove. I love Hove. thought like, mm-hmm. I had a good meal in Hove. I can't
1: remember where it was. What? There. Did you go but, to Wildflower? Floor? Weld Floor? No. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, that's right. I think yeah, that's yeah. Was, yeah. I, James and that are amazing. You know, it was a
2: while back, but it was lovely. I loved it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, it's great. Well, it's where uh, Ringo went for his honeymoon. So you know, you can't be, you can't wow. be doing wrong. <laughs> really,
2: was that his first honeymoon? Second honeymoon? I Worst, know, I Worst, really? I wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Wow. So, yeah, um, it's uh, it's the place to be. That's a posh bit. That's a posh bit. And oh. um, you get a
2: ticket to ride down there.
1: Hey, sorry. come on. But oh, well, do you know okay. what? Funnily, funny? Dad, dad jokes. It's what, it's what, um, it's what Tom and I ended up talking about. We ended up talking about the Beatles all night, and then we were trying to convince. Shamu, um and Solani's wife, to to you know watch the the Get Back documentary, but yeah. So okay, Mark, cool. I,
2: this is this is I'm afraid. I, I mean, you shouldn't have brought it up, but Come I on, have let's to admit, I have it. to admit, I have been to a Beatles concert. Oh, my oh. parents took me to the Christmas concert, 1963. So they just really got big, Bopped. and all I could remember is in the corner there was an igloo, and they were dressed up as um, Eskimos that's no. it but apparently it just there was screaming from the start to the end the whole time yeah. that was it
1: i remember my uncle uh went to glasgow to see them must have been the apollo back in those oh, days fantastic. and he was the biggest beatles fan ever you know well i mean i know there's a lot but he's really into them you know full original collection whole thing and uh he walked out he just couldn't just couldn't yeah you know, it's it quite interesting because
2: it, it was a different world in this, obviously but um they used to do a lot of cabaret Mm. So they would appear in camera. My parents went to I think two or three um, events, like a sort of charity ball or whatever, where they would literally turn up and they'd be the they'd be the band. It's incredible.
1: Yeah, when you oh, think the... who they are, it's great. I mean, I'm still obsessed. But I've just ordered the red and the blue, um, and the new single. A tip for anyone listening: if you are going to buy the red or blue albums and new ones, don't buy the vinyl because a is too okay. expensive, and b Ooh. the vinyl. Uh, all the new tracks on a third disc. However, where the CD have woven the new tracks within the disc or the, the new mixes. So it's a much better listen. I was listening to a Beatles podcast the other night. Favorite
2: but Beatles track? What was it? Favorite Beatles track? What is it?
1: It's really difficult. Oh, I've got you stumped. You see, you weren't uh, expecting uh, me to ask well, you the questions. There um, we go. I think. Er. Uh, God, I'm gonna say something and regret it, but I think one that still piques my interest and sort of makes me really happy is probably Paperback Writer or Day Tripper. I'm kinda oh, that's there. Great. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. That's pretty I think. cool. I mean but, there's so many great
1: ones. On well, one yeah. one of my favourites actually is Hey Bulldog off Ooh. the Yellow Submarine album. Um and they've got a new mix of that and the new thing. So yeah, I, I but it's a bit niche to say that's your your favourite. But yeah, what about you? What have you got?
2: Well, yeah, I mean, well, if you're getting a bit niche, I would say I got a feeling when he does that on top of the roof. McCartney's voice is sensational. I've never really understood how good a voice he had at his peak, but if you watch that video, that is amazing.
1: Yeah, amazing. Yeah, Great. great. Yeah. And i funnily enough, I've just bought a Strat and a, a new Strat, and I was I was uh, playing wow. a long way. I've got a feeling. The oh, other day, good lovely. for you! Uh, nice, Excellent. really nice. God, yeah, love jealous. it, love it, love we're it. Jealous. Um, so yeah, and oh, no, then just a uh, very quick. aside. say, uh, my dad, my my dad was down visiting the other the weekend, and we were looking at our music shop, I can't remember. And anyway, there's a thing about Jimi Hendrix, and he goes and he says to him, uh, Molly, my wee girl, he says, eh, "Papa's seen him," and we're just going, "No, what?" And he went to see him. Do you know who he was supporting? Zeppelin? Engelbert Humperdinck.
2: No! (laughs) My God! <laughs> I shared the last waltz with
1: you or something, wasn't it? Yeah. Last thing I mean, Yeah. Random. Random. Wow. That yeah. is random. Yeah. Anywho, right. So anyway, that's where um, we back, we we're going back, back to the records. This uh, could take seven hours. We could be absolutely <laughs> talking about all hey, sorts of lovely things. Uh, i have hired this, i fire this for a few hours. We're good. Fantastic. Um but um yeah, so I was just just the last thing in mentoring was what do you think makes a good mentor?
2: Wow. Um, I, well, I think what makes any good advisor of any description is you've got to listen a lot. You've got to mm. listen a lot because, y- y- you know, you can come with all your ideas of what you should or shouldn't do, but actually everybody's problem is different or issue is different and mm. you've got to listen to what they are saying and, and actually maybe a bit about what they're not saying um, and try and help them through that and, and get them to a better place. So I suppose um, one of the advantages of being old I suppose, if I'm (laughs) honest, is that you've seen a lot of things and you've seen a lot of different types of businesses and different types of issues, good, bad, and ugly, and all the rest of it. And and although every problem is different, there's a lot of it that's similar. And there's a lot of mistakes that people don't need to make. So I suppose to some extent, having made a lot of mistakes along the way and having made some investments that haven't gone well, when you're talking to other people you can see traps that they don't need to fall into yeah. and and sometimes it's the things you don't do that, that make the business worth a lot rather than the things you do do I mean mm. the, the miss one mistake in our world of leasehold assets where most of you know certainly casual dining is you get into the wrong lease and you're in a lot of trouble for a long time yeah um so yeah that, that that's that that's what I would say is it's it's hopefully where you can... I mean, the reason I love doing it as well is because most of the people I'm talking to are probably 20, 30 years younger than me. Mm. And that's nice from my point of view, obviously. But it's also very interesting that that you have seen a lot more than they have. Mm-hmm. And you hopefully can bring some of that to bear as well as understanding enough. I've been very lucky that I've done lending to businesses. I've done investing in businesses uh, institutionally, privately, I've sat on boards of businesses and and for 20 years, I had my own corporate finance businesses, Mm. a business selling businesses between sort of 20 and 250 million pounds. So, um, you know, I've I've been in a lot of different parts of it, but I'm in no way am I ever going to claim to be an operator of any description whatsoever. So I'm not trying to tell people how to run their business. Yeah, I'm trying to help them with the other things that I think are, are value drivers of the business.
1: And just going back quickly then, you know, in terms of you, and it's a phrase that's often used now. Is I fell into hospitality, like you absolutely. Know. So, yeah, ha- how did that happen?
2: I really did fall into it. I mean, I, I mean, really fell into it in the sense that um, I was, I was in corporate finance in an investment bank in London, uh, advising businesses. And back in nineteen eighty eight, we got the job to sell or Whitley's bingo business up in the northwest. And the business made about a million quid and we sold it for 18 and a half million. And it seemed like a, a lot of fun. And B it seemed to me that no one in corporate finance at that time specialized in an industry. Everyone was obsessed with the, the, the detail of corporate finance and how you advise people. But it always seemed to me that actually, if you really understood people's business, you had to be able to advise them better than if you didn't. Hmm. And so Really, from that moment on, I started doing deals in the sector. So I ended up doing quite a lot early on of of, of bingo deals. Um, And and, and bingo is an extraordinary thing. So you look at bingo now, and you see the revival of bingo in various ways and forms. But when we did that bingo deal, the customer visit was 1.6 times a week. A week? So we're talking Coronation Street, talking Crossroads, EastEnders, and the bingo. And that was the life. And, and there's no business I've ever seen since where a customer visits 1.6 times a week. So that hooked me a bit. And I mean, I must say, you know, if you go into a busy bingo club on a busy evening, it's mm. a lot of fun. Mm. And of course, now it's been rejuvenating the rest of it. So I got into that then, and then I started doing more and more deals in the sector. And once you start doing a few deals in the sector as an advisor, you become the place people go to because mm. you know more than other people because you've just done the latest deal and you understand the issues Facing the sector and how to therefore derive value out of a, an asset by selling it in a certain way or on the other side, try to help people buy things because you can see where the opportunities are. Mm-hmm. So, you know, knowledge is power, isn't it? I mean, in yeah, anything, yeah. the more you know about something, the more likely you are to, to be able to do a good job with it.
1: Yeah. Francis Bacon knew what he was talking about, right?
2: <laughs> Francis Bacon. My God, we're going to Francis Bacon. Is knowledge is, it's power. Is, knowledge power. is power. Knowledge yeah. is power. Knowledge is power. It's just going everywhere. This discussion this yeah. is very wide-ranging um, yeah so so I got into it like that and then gradually I started uh, I, so so I left the city in 93 because I felt I had my own um, yeah you know, I had my own set of clients I had my own it wasn't the institution it was my it was my clients because I had the expertise in the sector so I set up my own business I did um, 20 years doing leisure m a and then gradually became more of a, an advisor to corporate finance firms and invested my own money in the sector, going on boards, getting involved in helping businesses grow, and, th- and that's that's been, in many ways, more fun. I mean, more interesting. I mean, um, I, I you know, I still like doing advisory work. I still like advising companies, helping them get the best price they can for the business to the right kind of people. And when you do it right, and when it goes well, it's enormously satisfying. So I look at say a deal, of all the deals I've ever been involved in. I'd probably say Geronimo is the one where I look back and think how really we got everything right in the sense yeah. that great team, great business, sold for a great price for the private equity firm and, and all the investors who were in it. But it's been a wonderful, wonderful deal for Young's. It's been mm. absolutely fabulous. And, you, you know, it, it, it was a great deal for them at the start and it's been a great deal all the way through in the way I think it's raised the quality of the whole business. I can still walk into a Duano or even actually any Young's pub now, mm. 12, 13 years later, and they're great. And and mm. hats off to Rupert, who you know had two years to under the contract to stay with Young's. He stayed for at least five. And a lot of that was down to Steve Goodyear, who is yeah. a, a genuine industry legend. He so, worked out how to get the best
1: out of them. It's Brilliant. so hard. It's so hard that... Uh... When you've sold and you've got to stay, and very, very, very rarely, the the is it pleasurable? You know, it really becomes like a, a broken marriage. So for for Rupert to stay that long is is just a testament in itself. And I think you're right. I think Youngs looked after Geronimo incredibly well. And I think there was one, so the Adam and Eve was near, um.
2: Adam and he was in Well Street, yeah. Yes, that
1: was my old, yeah. next to my old office with spectators. We were there yeah. a lot because that was a goth pub. A goth pub,
2: that was a goth pub. Um, ah. Oh my goodness! That, so, actually, well, I mean, interestingly, because uh, I think it's quite relevant to where we are today. So, if you look at Geronimo, Geronimo is probably worth oh, 25 30 million pounds, something like that, and then. Punch got itself into all sorts of trouble, and Punch mm-hmm. Punch um, fell apart in the financial crisis, two thousand and eight, something yeah. like that. Yeah. And they had to sell the Golden Bricks. and we bought six of them: four freeholds, two leaseholds, including the Goth Pub, whose name I can't remember. But it was it was genuinely—you'd walk in there, and it was. Well, it was definitely different. Yeah, and, and anyway, also,
1: it's funny he's talking about this on Halloween as well, our golf club. Oh, of course. Of course, <laughs>
2: cracking. we are. I, mean, I, I, really, I really wish I could remember what it's called. But anyway, but the point was that those opportunities happen when things are really difficult, yeah. and it transformed the business, and, and we sold for 60. Mm-hmm. And I think you know that was a massive driver of value. And in, in, in the world we're in now, if you look at all the press, everything... You know, hospitality is having a terrible time, this pub's closing, blah, 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 blah. Actually, it's now that you find opportunities and that the great opportunities are made because, you know, Warren Buffett had it right. You know, rising mm. tide raises all boats, but actually it's only when the tide's out you find out who's swimming naked. I mean, it, it is definitely a time where I think really good businesses over-index against poor businesses. Mm. And although all businesses are finding it tough however good they are um this is the time when you you make a a a step change and a a big leap so i think um tough yeah but opportunities no question about there's gonna be opportunities
1: yeah i'm always like on the sunny side of the street and and i remember or, good friend for both of us, uh, Robin Rowland, uh, mm. you know, really, really taught me that at you because I joined just after the financial crisis, I think. And um, what Robin had done was go, actually, I'm going to put my foot down.
2: Yeah, that, I, I absolutely right. I'm absolutely no question. And, and I think, you know, there's been some skewing of stuff, really. I mean, uh, right now, you should be seeing far more opportunities than you than we probably are part of that's caused by things like pre and cvas which i could go on about forever which i do not believe are good for the industry at all no. um because they create unfair competition for uh, giving advantage to people who've actually made a mess of their own business but there we are no. um so so yeah so i think we will see more opportunities sadly i think um post christmas i think there'll be it'll be tough. I mean, there's no yeah. question. It's going to be tough for all people. Um, yeah. But I, I also think that if you take COVID as an example, businesses that have come through COVID managers, who've managed through COVID and come out the other side, have got scars on them, but they've mm-hmm. learned stuff. They probably would never have learned in a bull market. And that will stand them in great stead for the next 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, you know, it's, it's, there's always bad stuff around. It's just, can you, Can you take the good aspects of it and use them to your advantage to produce something even better?
1: Yeah. And then if you are going out for investment, you know, a lot of people just won't even know where to start. You know, it's just not in their their purview. What's the best advice for for looking at that? So, you know, you think your business, you maybe want some kind of valuation on it. You're thinking about growth, you know, whatever stage you might be at. What's the, the best sort of starting steps, really?
2: Well, I think it does It does very much depend on which phase you're at. But, I mean, if you stand back from it, there are so many different types of investment out there that range from crowdfunding through uh, yeah, friends just and on, family. Just, on, just, just yeah. on that,
1: Ian, what yeah. is your view on crowdfunding?
2: Right, crowdfunding. Um... Probably you'll get a higher valuation. If you can get it away, you'll get a higher valuation on crowdfunding any other way. Mm. That can be good. That can be a major problem for you. So if, for instance, you go and raise money at a phenomenal valuation on crowdfunding and things don't go absolutely the way you want them to, Mm. the next time you try and raise money, you might find it very, very difficult because Mm -hmm. none of your investors are going to want to have a down round. Professional investors may say this business isn't worth anything like that. We're not going to invest in it. And you have slightly created a rod for your own back. Now, there's parts of crowdfunding where if you get it right, it's fantastic because it can bring with it, you know, your fan base may be the people who, fund, who you know, who put a lot of money in. They become even more of a fan base. They support the business. They get your mates to come to the business, bloody, you that. And you can see that there can be a, a symbiotic relationship between. Um, the funders and the business so that that, in good times it can be like that there are times and I suppose we shouldn't talk about specific examples where I think the valuations are absolutely ridiculous Mm. and then you've had situations where people have then say crowd funded at fancy valuations and then taken on institutional money but themselves taken money off the table while not letting their crowdfunders take money off the table, which I mm-hmm. think is 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 very poor behaviour. So mm. I think crowdfunding does serve a purpose and there's no question that um, you know, it's not going to disappear overnight. Mm. But I think people have got to be very careful. And as an investor, you've got to be really careful because you're probably buying in at a price that is probably higher than the business is probably is really worth. So yeah. the business has got to be, you know, it's got to catch up to that valuation by performing well. So again, yeah. it comes back to the same old basics of value of, of, of investment. Are that team good enough to deliver what they're trying to deliver? Mm. And if they're not, then probably you're going to lose your money. Right. Um, so, so you see, you go mm. from you go from crowdfunding to a lot of businesses start with friends and family, which is yeah. fine because they're emotionally in. That's okay, and and hopefully that works. Um you, you go through EIS investors obviously EIS is fantastic SEIS is fantastic as well these are great tax breaks for, for investors um, VCTs also give pe- people tax breaks and then you work through it towards private equity and, and, and private equity obviously there have been a lot of casualties in our sector in particularly in casual dining where private equity have got involved the business has grown too quickly and they've gone bust having said that Good private equity investment can be fantastic. I mean, I I, again, I go back to Geronimo. We had, um, we had Penser as our investor, one of them on the board. We had a six-person board. It worked. It functioned really, really well. We had a great chairman from the industry, and it just every board meeting we we came to with a dynamic that said, right, what can we do? How can we get better by the next board meeting? How we can grow the business? How can we make decisions that move it forward? And I think when you get dynamic private equity that really know what they're doing. Mm. I think they're a phenomenal force for good. So I I don't subscribe to some of the sort of easy glib negatives about private equity. Mm. I mean, when they're good, they're very good. It's like with anything when they're good, they're good. And when they're bad, they're bad. And Mm. I mean, um, you, you know, that we, we are lucky in the sector. We have quite a lot of investors here who are industry experts who do know what they're talking about. They all make mistakes. We all do. But, um, You've got more chance of getting support from them and help. I suppose the other thing about investing in in our sector is it depends how much help you're looking for. So there are are sources of investment that bring no help at all. But Mm. if you know what you're doing, that might be fine. But for a lot of people, to be able to marry investment with um, support, Mm-hmm. Of whatever nature that may be, and that may be practical business support or it might be introductions to A, B, C, or D or whatever it may be. But that can be very, very helpful in, in trying to grow a business. I think I would say this in Pilgrims, that the the, 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 the original investors all had something to bring to the table. Um, some have been more um, um, involved than others, shall we say, but that's always the case.
1: Yeah. Well, I think I, I, had, I had a little window into this. I was lucky a, enough, just sort of pre-COVID, um, to do a little bit with Mbiba. Um, mm-hmm. And I'd sort of sat on one of their boards and uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it, you know. And I'd had some private equity experience from Pret days and Yo days and things like that. And that was slightly different. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd felt Mbiba were, like, super supportive. And, you know, and I loved, them. Um, I really loved... is. Uh, who's the lead? is it john that's the leader
2: oh john connell yeah Aye. i mean jo- john connell's obviously you know he's a, he's a, you know a bit of an industry guru done oh, a lot of businesses brilliant. over the years yeah ex- exactly was but good- private equity is very different i mean mm-hmm. it is very different and and it you know people who come out as operators and go into private equity it, it is a numbers game yeah it, i know it sounds very cold-blooded but it is a numbers game because what you're trying to do is accumulate assets and build an asset business Mm -hmm. and that's very different to the way in which we build businesses and say in this sector
1: yeah i mean we could spend
2: hours talking about that
1: yeah well we could do a part two but um i uh, but i think um you know in terms of uh successful investments of late you know in the market have you seen any that you've thought well that you know that really worked or um, it's doing really well um you know uh, that's been out there lately
2: well i mean i mean what what's been the wow investment that's that recently i suppose big mama group i mean i mm. i y- you walk into one of their restaurants and i i defy you to walk out not feeling happier about the world than when you walked in i think yeah. they've got that combination of of just a, a ridiculous wow blingy fun look perfectly decent food lovely atmosphere nice staff and it just as a combination of stuff you come out you just feel yeah that was good that was that was whatever i spent that was a good day
1: yeah yeah and i think
2: that's a good example of one that that's it's difficult to understand how they got the mm valuation but when you look at it and you say the potential for that growing that why couldn't that be anywhere you say yeah i get that i Mm -hmm. get
1: that and also you know there's uh, there's some elements of special sauce there as well you know there's other areas you could go into you know i think it's almost more of a lifestyle brand than it is a restaurant brand as well so it could lend itself to so much more you know i I think there could be tech plays there could be events plays you know i think it could be very interesting i mean you could see resorts like that you know and and, you know it could actually expand into all areas you know
2: well as i say you know an hour and a half spent in there, you feel better about yourself. That's yeah. that's a pretty big thing to say about a business, actually. Mm. No, it's not that sure. many that you feel like that,
1: consistently. No, definitely not. And, yeah, we, we just need a bit more fun, don't we, when we go You know, when people, you know, and operators talk a lot about experience, you know, um, but it can just be as simple as that. But I think the thing with... Big Mama as well. They do so many things that don't make practical sense, but that actually works, right? Because if you look at it, and you go, "How am I going to clean all those bottles on the display?" Uh, uh, absolutely,
2: <laughs> absolutely. Are we going to scratch when you get all those bottles? Yeah, but that's. But you and I remember that, and that's the thing is yeah. that it, 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 it is memorable. I mean, I, I mean, the area that that obviously is 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 you know shooting the lights out at the moment is competitive socializing, and I mean. Mm. Um, that in itself is very interesting. And again, why is that attracting investment? That's attracting investment because the return on capital is so incredibly high. Mm. So if you go back to the world of the pub, bar, restaurant, et cetera, in the old days, you would look at, you talk to big pub companies, they would talk about trying to make a 12% return on a freehold, 18% maybe on a, on a leasehold. Then along comes casual dining, 30% plus, so one of the reasons everything went wrong is, that well, a lot of things went wrong was that, 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 you know, investors would say, well, why open four when you can open eight if your return is 30% on capital? And obviously, we all know why you don't open eight instead of yep. four because that's how you get yourself to go bust. Yep. But then you, you look at competitive socializing and what's happening is the returns are extraordinary. I mean, some mm. of these people are returning their capital within 18 months. Wow. I mean, these are extraordinary returns. And of course, when you get that, you get loads of capital wanting to come into the sector mm. from, you know, private equity people like that. And you then have to work out who in the long term is going to succeed in that sector. And I, I don't have a, a firm answer, but I would say that the companies that use tech as part of their product may well outlast some of those that don't in the sense that they have a, a, a genuinely defensible area So if you take Flight Club as an example, I mean, Flight Club, it's a great, fun business. You know, you go there, you cannot not have a good time. Uh, You don't have to be the world's greatest darts player. (laughs) But the tech's great Mm. and the experience is great. Having said that, if I look at swingers, I don't think there's really any tech there, but I think it's a fantastic experience.
1: Great fun. I
2: I mean, I'm not particularly interested in the golf. I just think the way the place is set up and the, the fun and the way they sell it to people is brilliant.
1: Yeah, I was lucky enough to have uh, Juliet Keat, the the marketing director for Red Engine. Um, oh, really? Okay. On, on the other the other month there, and um, it was great. They were just about to open Glasgow and, and Edinburgh, and um, I, it's so memorable, you know. And and just that slow mo. And do you know, funnily enough, I was at a bowling alley the other day, and I thought, you haven't caught up yet. You haven't well, caught up.
2: Uh, okay i'm i'm gonna play devil's advocate here a little bit okay Mm. because i was involved in bowling uh back in 1997 Uh when when uh without using rude words we really screwed up we made a right old mess of it but um if you look at hollywood bowl and Mm. 10 entertainment group and you Mm. look at their numbers they are absolutely spectacular
1: yeah, no, the numbers I mean, My great. God,
2: and and I haven't been, I haven't spent a lot of time, there. I mean, my old mate um, from Mega Bowl is chairman of Hollywood, um, mm. Peter Boddy, great guy. And, you know, I talked to him about it, and it does sound like they've really moved the game forward. They've done mm. a lot of things, innovated a lot. Now, those are the two biggest bowling biggest businesses, so I can't talk for any of the other ones. And I think Hollywood Bowl have got a spectacularly good management team. Uh, but it is interesting. Uh,
1: yeah. That's my old boss actually is is it Hollywood so Matthew Hart is my old oh really? Say, commercial officer at um okay. at Hollywood and he is um he was like I think he was actually my best boss ever I absolutely adored him. Oh, um so valid. he was oh. he was my CMO at lastminute.com. Um so yeah, brilliant. but what I'm meaning is sure they'll be busy and all that the tech isn't on par with uh, flight club
2: no no i mean where they've used tech well in bowling is to deliver the basic bowling experience so yep. in terms of and running the shoulders uh and so so one of the the big issues we always had was how do you maximize when you're really busy you, you can sell every lane but how do you maximize? those those shoulder periods i think the tech now is very good and that that's mm-hmm. one of the reasons where they've derived a lot of profits so yeah, yeah good for them good for yeah. them but it but it is extraordinary about competitive socializing is, is how much excitement it's attracted amongst the investing community right. whereas you know if you try and get a uh a, a casual dining startup away i mean yeah. you know, people are pretty lukewarm
1: yeah more people are Shouldn't well, like, something Like a lot of the food. But I think um, I think um <laughs> what I think what I'm seeing here though Ian, is an opportunity for us. The flight club of bowling. That's what I'm pitching to me. You're, you're right now. The
2: down. flight club of bowling. Come on. Oh wow. Come on. Well, I okay. I, I will make this one comment about bowling because I, I was I was a terrible bowler, and the okay. longer I stayed on the board, the worse I got, which really, really, really irritated me. But the one thing I said was the one thing for sure is that women do not want to turn up and change their shoes and wear some crabby old pair of bowling mm. shoes that someone else has been wearing. Yeah. And I said we should we should carpet at least a number of the lanes beyond where you throw the ball. But bowl the ball, yeah. So that women didn't need to do that, and they yep. all laughed at me. And you know what? You go there now. That's exactly what they have done. You can wear, so oh, I you feel can wear your own
1: shoes. You can wear your own I, shoes. I
2: then. feel like I may have been the Martin Peters of bowling. I was ten years ahead of my time. But there <laughs> Mar- we are.
1: <laughs> Martin Peters or Peter Martin? Which one? Martin, Peace? <laughs> Martin
2: Peters, the World Cup final 1966, I know, it is. I know you're it too is. young, you're too young.
1: Listen, you need you guys need to stop dining off of that, you know. Um, pretty much, hey, yeah. hey. <laughs> I, and you guys need to
2: stop worrying about the 67 World Cup final, which you won at Wembley <laughs> when he beat us 3 2. Because I know about Dennis, that one as well,
1: Dennis Law, Dennis Law. Um, so yeah, i uh, listen and still... and oh. Baxter. Yeah, well, listen, we're uh, we're still banging on about Banan Bonds, so there we go. Um, so <laughs> we're still holding that dear. <laughs> A creative agency for the hospitality sector, Saved by Robots create compelling brands and memorable experiences through great design and engaging storytelling. From Scottish restaurant of the year Sugar Boat to TipJar, the digital tipping platform that's taken over the world, Save by Robots excel at bringing ideas to life. As well as developing new concepts and refreshing existing brands, the Robots provide outsourced graphic design to help multi-site operators grow with confidence. Check out their work and get in touch at savedbyrobots.com.
0: Hi everyone, I'm Lucy, Head of Sales at Airship and Toggle. Hopefully you've heard of us before, but in case you're not sure what we do, let me bring you up to speed. Airship is a leading hospitality marketing CRM, supporting operators by building a better understanding of their customers' visiting habits to help them target, personalise and automate their marketing and deliver a return on investment. And Toggle, which is our gift card platform and generated a whopping £48 million for the sector in 2023 through the sale of prepaid gift cards, experiences, tickets, merchandise and so much more. I'm here to tell you a little secret though. Airship CRM have a huge update coming, which is going to change hospitality marketing in 2024, making it faster and stronger than ever before. If you want to learn a little bit more before we launch, just get in touch with me on lucy at airship.co.uk. Or you can visit our website to learn more about what we do for hospitality at airship.co.uk.
1: Right. Anyway, back to okay. the story. <laughs> so I'm just thinking about the brands that you're dealing with.
2: Sorry, I didn't say <laughs> yeah. Did I say colon? Oh, I said Tron as well. Oh shit.
1: Yeah. Sure. yeah. Um, that that was Pardon a sore charge. that was a sore one, I believe. Um yeah. but uh, but yeah, I mean, talking about the brands that you're in and, and actually touching on tech, um, mm. you know, one of the most tech forward brands that you deal with, I I would think, is is Vagabond. Um, you know, in, in terms of um so far ahead of their time in terms of what it was that they were doing in terms of you know the delivery of the wine access to ex- really expensive wine you have in your little contactless yeah. car back then you know it, it just it really stood out as a wow thing but you know i'm sure there's been much more tech added since the last time i was there so is is that true is that what's happening with um
2: yeah i think partly i mean i'm not on the board so i'm not i'm not that actively involved in it and hmm. and obviously Rupert's taken over as chairman i think um, from a financial point of view, one of the really interesting things about Vagabond, um that is, is is incredibly attractive is the staff costs are really low. So, you know, you look at most businesses in our sector to keep staff costs below 30% is a real mm-hmm. struggle. But with our business, because actually um, people are making their own choices and, and almost serving themselves around the outside of the, of the, of the building, it's very low. Now, I, I I feel with Vagabond, and I've had endless discussions with various people about this with Vagabond and pub of is that what we've lost a bit in the hospitality world is, is, I'll I'll keep this, I don't know, maybe not gender neutral, but boy-meet-girl thing. Mm. The, The ability to get people to talk to each other who aren't necessarily in the same group. And the great thing about, one of the great things about Vagabond is that actually, as you walk around picking your wine, you've got mm. every reason to talk to someone else coming the other way.
1: Yeah.
2: Because actually, you're all there for that, saying, oh, did you have that? You have that? And, that and I think it's very interesting that one of the areas that I really do think that we could do more at in the sector is actually helping people meet other people. It sounds yeah. really, really fascinating. I mean, it's very interesting that for people of my generation, when I mention the word Casper's, it resonates with every one of them, even though there was only one Casper's in London and it didn't last more than two years. Now that's an extraordinary thing. And what Casper's was was a a not particularly great hospitality venue where every table had a telephone and you could phone other tables. And of course, that was absolutely brilliant because everybody got together and chatted and you know, and I, I was you know, I, my first job after university, I was in New York um, at the time, the singles bar. And this is obviously, you know, pre-AIDS, pre-Herbies and all that sort of stuff. And you could walk into a singles bar and you could literally talk to anybody else. Now, if you were badly behaved and you hit on people or whatever it may be, security would throw you out. But what it mm. meant was that everybody had the right to talk to everybody else. Now, obviously, you could say that's the same in any bar, but it doesn't happen. No. And I, I think the more we can find ways to um just get people to socialize with with other people so i mean i went to a vagabond with brandon and by the time we'd finished i think we had eight other people on our table. we were just chatting about you know yeah. we just we've we'd done a bit of you know they, that that had that one we'll come over care. so yeah, yeah. that's that's i think part of the magic that i think we as hospitality owners could create we could do yeah. more about that
1: much much more uh, and I'm glad to see you've still got it as well, you know, attracting all these other people to your table. <laughs>
2: no, no, no. no. That's, I, I, I put that entirely down to Brandon. You know, Brad, he, he is a I bit do. of a legend. He's a so, bit of a legend. Hey, Brandon Very was tor-
1: tortilla, right? Oh,
2: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 But he's also great mates with, with Stephen, who's the founder of um, yeah. Vagabond. So, so yeah, it was a good place to go me. Just don't I, ever, ever let Brandon take you to his Philly, ste- Philly cheese steakhouse, or
1: whatever it was called. T- oh, cheese. no. No, 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 don't worries. want to do that. Um, do that. He, a, he knows what I think. <laughs> in terms of um, other investments that you have, then, in uh, you know, I don't mean out of sector, but a slight adjacency. Um, you've got the wonderful double Dutch as well. So in the drinks field, um, they just seem to be winning awards left, right, and centre right now. No,
2: yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I suppose I, I, I invested in 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 a drinks business because I, when I was advising. Um, one of the deals I did was selling Hobgoblin, mm. and Hobgoblin had a, a a retail bunch of pubs, and it had the beer, and we sold the pubs really well. I mean, no problem. We sold it for a great price, and we couldn't sell the beer, and we could not get a price for this beer business, and it eventually got bought by um, uh, the guy, a, 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 a guy who really knew what he was doing, and then uh-huh. he flogged it on to um marston's and it's now i think one of their very biggest beers so Mm. i always felt that i'd failed and i always felt as well that there there was sort of i you know i never want to leave something like that so i ended up yeah so i so i ended up investing in meantime um when nick miller turned up Mm. and nick miller did an amazing job on that business i mean one of the the most transformative things i've seen ever I mean uh you know he took that business to a valuation that I, I found absolutely
1: staggering and and hats off to him. Um what did he do, but, Ian? What what did he do to, to do that? Was there like some some well, major well, levers he, that he pulled?
2: Well, he had previously um made Peroni the the number one premium lager in the mm. UK. And look, I'm not a, a massive lager drinker, and I'm sure I get sued by Peroni for saying this, but I cannot I cannot say that Peroni is the best premium lager in the UK mm. by a mile. Mm. There's loads of them that I think are better, but in terms of delivery to the customer and winning that battle to be the premium lager, they won it, and they won it because Nick was brilliant.
1: It was and a, thought, brand, he, a brand, it was brand positioning piece of genius it, it, as well. Ma- yeah, pull,
2: and that, and, and I, I, I would hand him all credit for that. And I think yeah. when he went into Meantime, he did something similar. I think Meantime is a great product, and I think it's a great shame that now it's less visible than it was i think they've got some they've got a really good range really Mm. good product and he did an amazing job and 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 i suppose having you know uh, had an investment in meantime i i think if you get into the right drinks business at the right time it can be very interesting so um with double dutch i think the product's really really good Mm. Uh, it's a completely new category created totally by Fevertree and hats off to them for doing it. Yeah. I think your two major other big players, Britvic and, and Schwetz, for various reasons have struggled and may continue to struggle in the in the in the premium tonic area. So there's a heck of a lot to go for to be a number two or you know even a number three to, to Fever Tree. Um, so I think it's an amazing opportunity. Amazing opportunity in that sector, and there are some very nice products around, but there's not that many of them for no. a sector that is that is that big. So, so I think with all these things, you you look at when you're looking at an investment, you look at the quality of the product, quality of the team, and and, and the market opportunity, mm-hmm. and try and try and make it quite simple. I mean, don't try and overcomplicate things. Yeah. Um, could could that business get there quicker? Maybe, uh, who knows.
1: Mm-hmm you know. but I, I just as I say you know when I was coming into this interview and I've just seen Double Dutch picking up you know awards left right and centre as they have done yeah. for such a long time and it feels like uh in a, in a good way just like quiet confidence you know they're just working away in the back you know and it's just slowly slowly, slowly yeah. catch monkey you know and they've not you know went out in the big blast or you know I think it's very similar to Costin Press you know what Mark Palmer has done over there you know it feels like a very similar ethic and 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 journey you know and obviously you've got a great story with the with the founders i mean that's it's a real really it's unique. a real
2: story I, I mean i mean stories are are really important i i think you know when you talk about brands you want to get an emotional connection out of your customer and i think that that there is general genuine resonance there as i think there is with I mean, you talk about pizza pilgrims. The the pilgrimage was real. It is still real. Yeah. They still go back regularly. And when they arrive in Italy now, they are treated as as genuine, serious players in the pizza business by people mm-hmm. who are the serious players in the pizza business. That's pretty yeah. special.
1: Yeah. No, definitely. Um, well, I, mem- I remember. I uh, remember when we we launched uh, Crete in France. You know, <laughs> it's kind of one of those you are like thinking, "Oh my God, yeah. we're going to do what?" You know, but. The guys just seem to go over and and they're just so well known and you know it's fantastic. On the flip side of that, you know, with some red flags, you know, when you're looking at a business, I remember, you know, I do a lot of brand positioning and all that. Yeah. And um I was in one particular session with a very famous um casual dining uh bunch of brands. And I was standing with my pen at the flip chart and I says, right, and I always start with, What's your story? And it always informs what the brand is. And basically the ceo went never mind that the kind of thing and it was a we were challenged to make three uh restaurant brands that would make money that was
2: oh oh god yeah and it's yeah i think it's a
1: big one you know what is a big one and you're just going
2: what
0: really
1: wow (laughs) You know?
2: I think if you go into this just thinking about making money, I think it's 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 all wrong. I think it's yeah. all wrong. I think it's the wrong place to start. I think if you do everything right, you get the right people, you do the right thing by the business, you choose the right sites, you finance it properly, you will make money. Yeah. Now, whether you make as much as you might do if the market opportunity was bigger at the other end. So for instance, you know, it would be easier to sell a casual dining business. Four or five years ago, than it is mm-hmm. today uh, for a great price. I mean, multiples are a thing that go up and down with the market. That's the way it is. But you know, you do the right things by the business and the people, and eventually you will be successful.
1: Should what be. what is there a sort of feeling on multiples right now for for businesses? Um, you know, is is it around six x, seven x but uh, or what's going on?
2: Well, I mean, I mean. The days of double digit multiples for leasehold business in our sector at the moment, you've got to be absolutely super, super special for that. Mm. Now, I'm not talking about competitive socializing because that is a different game. Where, you know, because the returns on capital are so ridiculously high, you can command very special multiples. Um, you know, I'm I'm involved in in one situation at the moment where you know the multiple is 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 pretty good. I think you know if you can get north of eight, I think you've done well, well yeah. in this market. Mm-hmm. Um, I think some businesses simply won't sell. I think some businesses simply won't sell. They're just not simply good enough. No one sees the opportunity for them long term. Mm. Um, I my, my my worry about talking about about multiples is obviously um, don't don't be fooled because yeah. you can have the same deal with three different multiples. Now you may say, how on earth can you have three different multiples? Well, the way you can have three different multiples is one guy's talking, one guy's talking historic. One guy's talking last 12 months. One guy's talking run rate, you know, and the, and the number they're talking about is completely different. So if you look yeah. at something like the, the TRG deal at the moment, you know, the multiple that, that's been floated around of, of, of nine times, it's a historic number because, obviously the buyers don't want it to sound like, you know, they want to sound like a nice big number. I mean, the fact of the matter is if they get um, TRG at 65p, well done then because it's a fantastic deal for them. Yeah. You know, they have, they will have three phenomenal platforms of Wagamama, and price and the concessions business to drive that business forward. And they've got rid of the business they didn't want. Mm. And so, You know, that that will be a phenomenal platform and a great thing for the sector, actually, in many ways, because actually all three of those businesses, you could see them expanding because for Apollo, you know, a deal under a billion is not a very big deal. So, yeah, you know, they could build something really big. And actually, I think no one's given them credit for coming back in after the loss they had previously.
1: Mm -hmm. It's huge.
2: It's huge. So well done them. Good for them. Yeah. Just what we need in the sector.
1: And then we need what,
2: someone grown up showing a sign of confidence in the in the industry.
1: Yeah, and it's a marathon, not a sprint, and all that, you know. And it, and it seems like a nice spread of portfolio. And you know, and John Knight uh running concessions, you know, he's he's doing a great job over there. He's gonna yep. come on the he promised me to come on the pod at some point. Um, and then just in terms of then the brands that did get lost, you know, the, the Frankie and Benny's and Chiquitos and all that, I mean. Is that a good deal? Is, is there mileage in those anymore? Like, what is it a property play? I would never, ever bet against
2: um, the private equity house who bought that. So, mm. if you go way, way, way back mm. to when Whitbread spent 196 million quid on um, Pelican, Cafe Rouge, yeah. they sold it for 21 to the same bunch of guys effectively. Really? I mean, the, you know, Bill Priestley, I think, you know, was, was at LGV in those days. And I think they then sold it for something like 80 and then it was sold for 260. I mean, you know, so although, although you look at it and you go crikey, why on earth would you buy all that? Mm. I would definitely not bet against them. I think they're no. very clever people and, and sometimes, you know, that they, they will, that they, maybe they'll take some of the brands they've got that are going well Put them in there, mm. reconfigure the thing, and they don't have to sell it for a vast amount of money to make a very good profit. No. That's what's interesting. It's so very,
1: very smart.
2: T- totally different ways of making money. You know, the the Apollo way and the Epirus the way, completely different. Good mm. for them. You know, yeah. great. Um, and and let's hope that that you know it does get revived. I mean, I'm afraid something like Capo Rouge, you can't kind of see long term we're gonna see more, you know, Cafe Rouge. But I mean if if something else goes in it and makes it better. I mean some of those sites are fantastic.
1: Yeah. 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 I think there could be a a strong lower number of sites, you know, if they just tightened it up because there was there's definitely so many plus points to Cafe Rouge. And there is a cult almost following for it, you know, amongst I mean it's it's you know a lot of over fifty fives and things like that, but they adore it. I mean, well, I should all be going to
2: Brasserie Blanc instead.
1: That's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I, maybe... so, I
2: say with no, I actually don't have a vested interest no. anymore, but I, I'm still, you know, very good mates with, with, uh, Mark. with Mark Derry. Yeah. Great man. Yeah. yeah.
1: And, and also, uh, I have to say, Raymond was so kind with his time, uh, you know, doing some videos for Hospitality Rising and things like that. He you know? is,
2: I, I, mean, I mean, I I would like to just talk about him for a because well, he is it. an app absolute legend i mean that mm. man is extraordinary so i asked him how many michelin starred um chefs he's trained through his restaurant mm. 38 Oof. 38 i mean that is that is just an extraordinary number and and i know in some of the stuff you sent me you said you know favorite restaurant and it's a really difficult question what's your favorite restaurant but I'll tell you what, one of my favourite experiences was when uh, on the board of um, of Blanc, we went to the Manoir, yeah. which is always obviously a wonderful thing to do, but mm. much better than that. We had a, we had a dish, which was a, a, a pasta dish with a clear tomato reduction. And Raymond jumped up out of his seat and told us how they got the muslin bags and they put the cherry tomatoes, the salt, the basil in there, they'd hung them, they'd squeeze them. And just to watch the enthusiasm of a man of his age and experience about that, everything you needed to understand about food. I mean, the guy is just amazing. And that enthusiasm is so infectious. And I'll do one other story before we go yeah, back to what talking it. about. We had a board meeting in Blanc where we decided to test Deliveroo burgers. So we had three burgers from three different places, and I'm not going to say where they were from. But the thing that absolutely tickled everybody was watching Raymond jumping up and around, tasting this one, tasting that one, (laughs) that, no, that's that, 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 yeah. And it was just fantastic because (laughs) he's never, ever lost that absolute enthusiasm, even with something that was, you know, I mean, let's be honest, you know. A burger delivered to you after 20, 30 thirty minutes—it's yep. not the same as a burger, eater, you know. But yep. he was just all over it, and that's yeah. that if you if you can keep that kind of excitement about mm. what we do for that yeah. long in that way, uh, I mean, I'm not surprised that, yeah. that he's so successful. Well, it says a,
1: it says a lot about the gratitude that he feels, right? Because he could just take all that for granted. He could just go. Okay, oh, yeah, we're doing another clear tomato soup, who cares, you know. Um, but yeah, you know, the fact that he's still enthused by it shows that he's grateful for it, you know. And oh, by I and mean, by the
2: way, by the way, the taste I can still tell the bet. taste was different to any tomato I've ever had. Yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Unbelievable.
1: Yeah. 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 Fantastic. Yeah. Well, listen. I'm looking at the time. I better let you go. So, a couple oh, yeah. of quick couple of quick things. We're just going to say, um, well, thanks for your time, obviously. But um, what's next for you? What's next for uh, all of your investments and, and your mentoring service? And what's next for hospitality? Do you think?
2: Oh, okay. I mean, for me, I mean, I really want to spend a lot of time with some great CEO founders, talking to them about their business and hopefully, 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 helping them. <laughs> To grow their business, and and that that really I think is 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 going to be a lot of fun. And I've got a number of people I'm talking to already, um, and you can always already see that actually you can help people quite quickly mm. with quite a lot of things that are are fundamental to the value of the business. So that's that's fun. Uh, Incipio very exciting. Um, you know we will be moving in size into Olympia in 2025 wow. when Olympia reopens. People have no idea. Olympia is a 1.3 billion redevelopment of one of mm. the biggest exhibition centres in London. You know, if you have the spare million at the moment, buy a property near Olympia because I promise you, whatever else happens in the housing market, when that opens, that is going to be a place where property prices will go up because it is extraordinary what the what the developers are doing, mm. and a, a enormous challenge for a small business like like Incipio. But what an opportunity! So that's that's very exciting I mean pilgrims honestly I I mean every board meeting I go to is just is a joy you know I mean it's just more uh, you know more sight but I mean I a lot of places in England deserve some pizza pilgrims mm-hmm. you know they deserve to have pizza pilgrims arrive in there in there uh, like Brighton for instance, as you know yep and it's great it, it's it's a wonderful business guys' a great uh Love everything about it. Love spending time, obviously Rupert as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's been probably the most, uh, you know, probably the person I've enjoyed most spending time with in our sector. You know, I was on board of Geronimo and then obviously did yeah. Hippo. and and it's just it's it's a lot of fun because yeah. you know he he approaches things in a very different way. You know, he's a genuine operator. I'm obviously not, um, but we have great discussions about business, life, obviously Chelsea, which is a major problem for both of us at the moment. But Mini we Brighton. Really go there. Mini
1: Brighton. Yeah, yeah.
2: Mini Brighton. Well, 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 Mini Brighton in the sense that we've made Brighton big, us Mini, because we've spent <laughs> yeah. all this money buying people well, who seem to go backwards as soon as well, they arrive.
1: Talk about a good investor and a good dealer, Tony Bloom at Brighton. He's absolutely had it away, hasn't he?
2: Go watch Moneyball. Go watch mm-hmm. Moneyball because he's got it absolutely right. It's absolutely... It's no long. different to anything else every day, yeah. all day long. So, yeah, so 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 that. With the mentoring thing, you know, I, I'd i love anybody who wants to get in touch with me. I mean, you know, sit down for an hour. If we want to make it something that goes further, fine. But I'm happy to spend an hour with anybody because I, I, just, I, I just so enjoy... You know, hearing people's, you know, challenges, issues, problems, opportunities, all the rest of it. Because this is a great industry to be involved in and and everything is different. And there's always new stuff coming up. So for all the negativity, you look at Propel every single day, someone's opening something new. It's fantastic.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, on a couple of those points, you know, just saying that you're open to talk to anyone, just thank goodness for people like you right oh because, no don't,
2: don't say no, that no, 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 no. genuinely
1: God. right because if there wasn't people like you and and robin and you know and, and people like that that are just willing to you know reach out help others use their experience for for goods i mean you could quite happily go on holiday for three months and and, and not give anything back so it's you know fun, th- this this just wouldn't um the industry wouldn't tick you know if if, if there weren't sort of you know, serial helpers uh, like you. So, no, just thanks. I'm sure there's loads of people listening that would want to thank you, myself included. So, it's brilliant. It's brilliant, Ian. Love it. Love well, it. Well, mate, that's very it's sweet. And look,
2: you know, anybody wants to get in touch, just just either email me or, or get in touch on LinkedIn. What's it's, what's
1: the best? I am put it in the show notes, but what's the best email to get you at?
2: Uh, Ian at edwardassociates.com.
1: Oh, we'll, LinkedIn we'll, we'll work. We'll work the, on you know, a rebrand. We'll work on a shorter rebrand. Will we. You could. You could do. You could do. You
2: could <laughs> do actually, the sad thing. This is really sad. This is why the reason I went out on my own is got no friends. So um, <laughs> I went out on my own in '93, and I had to come up with a name in about thirty seconds. I called it Edward Associates, thinking that at some point I would get some associates. and uh, I never did. I never did. So it's i like like Fod, a sort of,
1: and sons. Yeah. Mumford and sons. No
2: sons. No sons. But anyway, it's been it's been a great, it's been great fun. And I'm right. and it's still great fun. And and so long as I can work with people who I'm gonna have we're gonna have a laugh and hopefully do some fun things together. That's that's what it's about. Yeah. And right. you've been great. I really appreciate it, mate. Because honestly, Oof. it's a fun thing to do. No and, worries. and, you know, we could chat about this industry forever, as we could about The Sound of Music. I mean, but yes, we and have Calamity touched Jane. on many subjects. <laughs> Calamity Jane, I am weak on. I'm going to have oh, to go watch Calamity Jane.
1: Phenomenal. phenomenal. Right, final fun questions, though, just to yeah. end. So, uh, favourite city to eat in?
2: Oh, well, I lived in New York for two years. I, I'd say New York or any Italian city. I mean, oh. I love, I love, I mean, Venice, Siena. Bologna, Florence. I mean, the food, just the just being in Italy is, yeah. I mean, a year not spent with a week in Italy is a bad year.
1: <laughs> nice. That's good advice. Um, Favourite go. hotel? Favourite hotel?
2: <laughs> yeah, that that was a great question. And, and uh, it's a strange one. Um, it's the intercontinental at the Sun Tra Peninsula in Vietnam. And the reason for that is uh, I was there a number of years ago with my wife and my two girls. And we had the most wonderful trip around Vietnam. And you know, you're on bikes, you're doing this, you're doing that. And then we went halfway down on the way to the south to this hotel, which is absolutely spectacular. I mean, I can't say the food, the service, the the the, the setting, everything about it was absolutely wonderful. And I mean, you know, we were all, you know, as a family in a great place. The the, the place is beautiful. Vietnam is I would my one recommendation, go visit Vietnam. It's an amazing mm. country, and and you learn a lot about all sorts of things in Vietnam. It's an amazing place. Nice. So yeah, that would be my definitely my my uh my favorite hotel. Favorite coffee shop? Well, that's a really difficult one. I, I I have to be honest with you. I'm a bit of a I'm not saying I'm a I'm a you know Maxwell House bloke, but <laughs> I do struggle to taste the difference between you know, one upmarket coffee and another. But in terms of place to go, mm. there's a place called Maison Assouline on Piccadilly uh-huh. that is a basically a, a big bookshop. I mean, when I say big bookshop, oh. it sells enormous coffee table books and they are absolutely beautiful. And only the French could open a shop on on Piccadilly where you can't work out how they can possibly make a profit but it's (laughs) absolutely beautiful and at the back of it there's a little cafe where you can either have a coffee or you can actually have a cocktail later on the day totally recommend that to anybody if you're wandering around central London it's a lovely little break obviously any of the art galleries same kind of thing I mean it's just just lovely to have a cup of coffee in a place that's really interesting
1: it is it's a different vibe isn't it i think so always think of the south bank center for that as well i love being in there yes yes
2: yes 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 lovely Absolutely.
1: place to be uh favorite bar or pub
2: uh bar no question duke's hotel nice vodka martini sadly there was a moment when i was a, a non executive duke street when we um we owned it and um uh the guy who ran Duke's uh Duke Street and I went there and we decided to ignore the cardinal rule the cardinal rule is only two martinis please sir yeah and we said no 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 no. we own this place we can have as many martinis Like, well. so we had the third martini Oof. and we were sitting down and you know we said to each other Do you know what there's nothing particularly worrying about having three martinis and then we got up to go oh. and I kid you not from the waist up Absolutely no problem. But the legs turned into total spaghetti. It was hilarious. <laughs> we literally walked out of there like a pair of drums. We just couldn't walk.
1: I've never heard of anyone having this thought.
2: I, I'll tell you what. It, 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 is, it is. There used to be this little lovely man who had a, a, a hostess trolley on which he had a little atomizer. Yeah. And he'd get the frozen glass and he'd spray it with vermouth and he'd shake it off. And for some reason, that turbocharged the vodka. And it just, oh, I mean, it's just a phenomenal drink. Yeah, and of course we all love James Bond. So you always keep it up here. I
1: see. Room. I'm Jen. I'm Jen Martini. I'm Jen.
2: Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. I do like a bit of gin now. I have to Ooh. say, I'm, I'm a bit of a fan of gin.
1: Plymouth Gin in the freezer. Oh, mm. comes out like syrupy. Yeah, lovely. Ooh. Um, and uh, what else have we got? Oh, is it your favourite pub? I guess if you have got to do pub as well, is there a favourite? Favorite pub. Favorite and what pub. would you be having?
2: Well funny enough at the moment I suppose we've got a little place down in um, down near Rye and there is a there is a, a pub that I do particularly I mean it's a very strange because it's not really like a pub and since it is a pub but it doesn't actually have a bar in the way that a normal pub has a bar ah. which is quite quirky yeah. it's got quirky design and um, it's called the globe uh-huh. and I have to say I mean we often go down there stay over Sunday night and come back Monday roast chicken. All the trimmings in a big old tray on a Sunday night with a great pint of of hookers, unfortunately, oh. or 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 Harvey's. Uh-huh. Um blissful, absolutely blissful because it's so calm and quiet down there on Sunday nights. Lovely,
1: nice. That sounds good. that sounds idyllic. Yeah,
2: I, I tell you what, Camp, Camber, Camber Sands uh-huh. is still one of the great beaches in England. I mean, yeah. I think Kent's, uh, Kent, East Sussex, just a beautiful part of, of, yeah, of yeah. England. I mean unfortunately it probably takes me as long to get there probably take you as long to get there from Brighton it takes me to get there from London because the roads along it's the bottom terrible. of the south coast are a joke yeah
1: yeah, yeah. As I, I think we really need instead of HS2 we need a good route across the country really God, um, God, <laughs> just. and then last one favourite restaurant and what would you have oh you talk well uh, apart from well we did talk then, we wait, did wait, talk wait, about, wait, about yeah, Roman yeah. Um, yeah
2: I mean can I go back in time or we yeah, absolutely
1: you do what you want yeah, yeah.
2: okay well again talking about being a Chelsea fan we used to go to San Frediano on the Fulham Road Uh and we knew the owners really well Italian restaurant old school old style and they did a thing called Paglio Fiena which was multicolored, sort of linguine like pasta with a sort Mm. of a tomato mushroomy sauce and you know as a young kid you know you never forget that and you know we'd wander along to 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 Stamford Bridge get beaten up um and 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 go home and i mean yep. you know uh, you remember things that that from from your youth in in some ways more than you know i went to mountain the other day fantastic oh really street. hats off hats uh, uh, off street. what a great bunch of people yeah what a great restaurant yeah. absolutely no question i mean Kill, i love as well yeah i think Rat. they've but they have done mm. some really interesting stuff around food really mm. interesting stuff about flavor that's fantastic but, you know, some of those things from, from way, way back, I remember my old man took me to what what is now Langen's. uh, used uh-huh. to be the cock, cock door. And it was the first time I'd ever seen a roast with a, the silver tray where the, the, oh, the, the thing they turn yeah. over and there's... Thing. And that, 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 that sort of wow factor, it's quite difficult to get when you're my age in the sense that, so, you know, you've eaten mm-hmm. in a lot of places. And to some extent, you come back to actually... What's great about this country? Roasts are amazing. You get yeah. good roast that uh, you know those. So, so you've eaten all these fabulous things and all the rest of it. But actually, there are certain things that you know, you go back to, and and my memory of that is just so strong. You know, yeah. however many hundreds of years later.
1: Yeah. Did you have the but, beetroot Dash it Mountain? Did we have the beetroot? That's a was, very good question. There was a beetroot in. What do we have?
2: I beetroot mean, if immense. I wasn't so, I'm on a, I'm on a, I'm on, uh, I'm on my iPad. I did take a few photos, but uh, I went there and say while I'm talking to
1: you. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I
2: went, I went there with James Nye, Actually, we had a lovely oh, time. Oh, great! And what a great guy he is. So, yeah, yeah oh, so, that's amazing. You know, we we also went to Fallow. I I shouldn't maybe I shouldn't say this over public. See, we see, what you like preferred preferred mountain.
1: Yeah, I can understand.
2: I really liked it. I really liked it. Not that I didn't like Fallow, but I I thought, you know, I thought pound for pound as well. I'm quite aware actually of, partly I suppose because I'm an investor in the sector, but I'm quite aware of value. And I think Mm. some of the London restaurants are taking the mick a bit because obviously they've got a customer base where there's a lot of people with more money than sense.
1: Yeah. I I had a great experience at Fallow. I was speaking at a a sort of conference thing and, uh, and it just so happened to be near Fallow and I was myself anyway, and I was just going to stay in a said hotel. And I just was like, Do you know what I'm just going to go in and just see? Anyway, it was kind of end of service, and I managed to get in. Oh. And then something weird happened. Like they knew I followed them or I shared something about them on like I can't remember. Anyway, they came over with like loads of free bits and extra good glass of wine yeah. and dessert. And Excellent. They were all over talking to me. I was like, oh man, this is great. So i I I and it was I I was sitting at the at the kitchen. Pass, you know looking in the kitchen and yeah. uh, and what was so fun was um, it was obviously one of the guys turns to make everyone a staff meal for after and he was pretty much making Big Macs for everyone and there was oh, a lot of excitement
2: that's fun now that's, fin- now, that's yeah. re- I, I think when when you get great chefs go down to that level was and produce great. something they just take it to another level it yeah fantastic.
1: it was just great to see the joy you know everyone was so and also yeah. well they were cutting things up they were talking to me telling me what they're doing and it was just it was great because i was just myself and you know it was just lovely and yeah you know, it was so well, nice that's
2: what that's what hospitality is about yeah. isn't it, really it's about those moments um lisbo i had a lovely mushroom dish there not very long ago that was great
1: have you been to uh, bush obviously. on the scene yet no.
2: Oh, oh, he's in Clerkenwell, isn't he?
1: Aye, Dave Strauss he? and Henry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: no, I saw him, I saw him just before he opened it at a um oh god, that was a lovely dude. When um Mitch Tonks came down
1: aye, aye. and
2: cooked with his son in um in in the in one of the, the Cubit pubs in
1: oh, the oh, uh, I know. Princess or something. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah.
2: I remember that. Fantastic. Yeah. Oh my god, what a great evening that yeah. was
1: no i'm a bush on the scene so Dave, dave's a neighbor mine yeah. down here uh he's be, became a good friend so i'm going for christmas i'm going to have a wee christmas long lunch there so i'm very very excited about.
2: oh you. i was going to say to you uh, when you're next up you know let me know let's go i, I mean, can I'd go i can go, go
1: again. again i can go again
2: well, I, i'm up for, i'm up for it. i've heard so many good things yeah well, and... like, the,
1: like the bingo 1.6 times a week we could go yeah one point six tons. <laughs> God,
2: wouldn't that be great if we could find something like that again? But I mean, I I went to because he had Racine in Um didn't he? Yes, mm-hmm. I I went there a lot. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. I, food some
1: cook, there. some chef. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean
2: that, that that's a great. I mean, I suppose Tom Sellers at Story that was fantastic. Had yeah, a wonderful meal there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's 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 just so many. I mean, my wife took me to Hyde. Um, oh I don't know that one
1: right oh well I bet I'll let you go and it, I'll, uh, I'll it's go. been
2: absolutely enjoyable it has been That's so been enjoyable great. what time is it
1: uh 20 to 5 oh
2: perfect yeah I'm off to, well look Ricky Gervais good good night out I'm yep. sure I'll have a nice time with Eric and we'll have a good old chit chat yeah maybe the old drink but look, it's been brilliant mate you're, you're a star yeah. when you're next up in town let me know and I'll take you out for a pizza or something we'll have a lovely
1: chit-chat. yeah it would be lovely brilliant So there we go. What a laugh with Ian Edward, and I'm absolutely going to take him up on that pizza meeting offer because it's just always a joy. I'm wondering if he'll take me to Pizza Pilgrims, though, because I'm sure he gets a healthy discount. So, yeah, thanks, Ian. You're being even investment savvy when you're taking me out for dinner. So I hope you enjoyed it. Lots of great tips for everyone, really, in terms of business, entrepreneurs, young people, older people that are a bit more mature in their career I think there's something for everyone in that episode and I really hope that you took note and that it was really valuable to you This podcast is sponsored by Vitamojo, the all-in-one restaurant management platform helping operators grow ATV reduce tech complexity and serve guests better Just visit vitamojo.com forward slash supersonic and get in touch with the team right away That's Vitamojo.com forward slash supersonic. So this is me, Mark McSee, signing off for another podcast, and I'm really looking forward to the next time we're together. Next time, we'll hear from many, many more interesting people with top tips, tricks, and tales that will make your brand boom.